right, we are back. This is Get the Funk Out. My next guest, Melanie Brooks, is joining us to talk about her book, Writing Hard Stories, Celebrated Memoirs Who Shaped Art from Trauma. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Janine. I told you I read about you in Poets and Writers Magazine, and I was so moved by the description of your book. Uh, Tell me about how this all came about. Well, it really, um, it did not start with the intention of being a book at all. I was in my first semester of an MFA program, and I'd started writing into this difficult family story, and I really found myself very paralyzed in the process, and I kept wondering, like, how did all these other people who have written traumatic stories, you know, how do they keep breathing through the process, and how do they keep breathing you know, getting through it. And really the question was, how did they survive? And so I thought, you know, maybe I'll go read a few interviews and I could get a little encouragement. And I went reading interviews and people weren't asking the kinds of questions that I wanted (laughs) answers to. And so I thought, well, maybe I could try. And I thought maybe I'd write an article or, you know, just something. Mm -hmm. And it ended up, just kind of growing from there, I started having these amazing conversations and in really kind of amazing settings and just these very intimate places with these writers. And I felt like, you know, this is more than just, you know, quoting them in an article. It, it needs to be more than that. And so that was where the, the idea began. And as it grew, I began kind of realizing what it was doing for me in my own writing process. And I realized, you know, if I had had this, when I started out, it would have made life so much more livable in, in so many ways, the writer's life. And so I thought, you know, I can't keep it all to myself. There's right. so many wonderful nuggets of wisdom from these writers who've gone through this process. And so that's, that was kind of where the genesis of it began and where it went from there. I love how you share the story about how you approached um, the poet I can't recall his name right now. I'm flipping through the book. Kim Stafford? Yes. And you said, so, how did you do it? And then you were like, (laughs) yourself going, that's not the question I wanted to ask. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was was kind of the moment that I realized, like, I got to get this, I've got to get this right. I've got to figure out what it is I'm asking. Because he had delivered this beautiful panel at um, the Association of Writing and Writing Programs um, annual conference. And he he was just he just seemed so sincere, and the things he was saying about his own process really I could identify with. And I thought, oh, if I could just kind of get up there and talk to him, and I just asked the totally wrong question. Yeah. And so the wonderful part was I got a redo with That's him. Right. So, and I've I've since had further conversations with him because the real bottom line was. I wrote, jotted this down. How did it feel to write gut-wrenching scenes or, you know, stories about your your past? Right. I think it was because I felt very alone in kind of the emotional turmoil I was sitting in. You know, I would kind of sit in front of my computer and I'd think about writing these scenes. Uh, you know, so my memoir is dealing with the death of my father and but also through a long, complicated illness. And I would think about writing these scenes of, you know, kind of moments in childhood where I was so frightened or, you know, moments of sadness or grief. And, it, and I just felt like I don't, I don't think I can even survive feeling these things. And mm-hmm. it just it felt to me 
like nobody else was going through that. I would kind of look around and feel like everybody was, you know, going through the writing life and doing just fine. And what I've come to realize is it's just something we don't talk about as much, and I think it's something we need to talk about more. But that's what I really wanted to know. Like, I was talking to, you know, for example, the writer Mark Doty, who wrote the book Heaven's Coast, which was one of the first AIDS memoirs, and he wrote in the aftermath of the grief of losing his partner. And I just, you know, and he has these gut-wrenching scenes of, you know, his partner dying, his partner so sick, and I and I wanted to just say, like, how did that feel to do that, to write that, to re-enter those memories? Right. And, you know, how did you cope with those feelings? Mm-hmm. Well, based on what you went through, it's obviously, I would think, cathartic. I know when I write personal stuff, it's cathartic, but you're kind of hesitant to share it with people. It is, and, it, you know, it's interesting because one, one of my writers, Marianne Leone, talks about that word catharsis because it actually means like to sever mm-hmm. and and so I'm all so since I've talked to her I've always been a little bit he- hesitant about using that word as well because I think what I've learned from these writers and what I've learned from kind of getting deeper into my own memoir process is it's not about kind of letting the story go it's not about like taking it out of you and getting rid of it right. but it's a way to kind of rebalance it, it's a way to integrate it into your life in a, in a way that it isn't, you know, kind of this overwhelming, suffocating thing, yes. but it's something that you have taken control of, and that's been more of what the process has been for me. I feel like it's a way of you processing your experiences, and I think there's an advantage to waiting till you're older, because you have a yes. different perspective. I, I think sometimes you just, you get a different perspective on on the character arc, and you talk about that, or one of your writers talked about that, of what you went through and how you changed? Right, absolutely. I mean, if I had tried to write this story, you know, immediately after my father's death when he was 23, for example, Mm -hmm. the perspective I had then is so different than the perspective I have now. And so I'm a firm believer that you do need some distance from your story, although there are plenty of memoirs out there that, counteract that, you know, young people who've experienced things, who write those things right away and have done very well. But I know for me, I needed that distance to be able to really look at the experience because it's more about just the events. It's more about, it's more than just about the circumstances. It's really looking deeply at the impact and the effect of those events and how they've shaped me over time. Right. I liked also, uh, one of the writers talked about losing both parents within days of one another and this I guess the therapist said well what are you so afraid of both your parents are gone I mean I feel like people are afraid to write the truth because they don't want to hurt their their people you know their relatives it's true it's absolutely true I just uh, yesterday um this week I'm at Bay Pass University in Longmeadow Massachusetts as their um visiting artist in residence and I spoke yesterday at their writer's day mm-hmm. and that was my topic about family and how how we navigate writing memoir and family and and it it's a tricky topic for everyone and because no matter what even though we're writing about our own story even though we're writing about our own you know perception of a family experience it still intersects with 
the lives of other people in our family who might have different perspectives on that and who may very well not want to be written about at all. Right. And in that case, I guess you just don't write about them. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it's it's interesting because in talking to the different writers, there there's kind of a wide range of perspectives on that. And and you know, for example, my, one of my writers, Andre Debuse the third, he has a beautiful memoir out there, Townie, and he when he originally started kind of writing about his his young adolescent life experience growing up in Haverhill, Massachusetts, he was very hesitant to write about anything about his family. So he was very focused on himself. And he had an editor who said to him at one point, but like, didn't you live with anybody? <laughs> so, because he had really just kind of left everyone out. And so he kind of has a rule that basically says, you know, First of all, he he quoted the writer um, Richard Russo, who gave him the advice of saying, you know, if you're writing this to hurt anyone, then you shouldn't publish it. Right. You might want to write it, but don't publish it. But he also said, you know, if you're writing this out of a place of love, if you're writing it with no intention of hurting anyone, then go ahead and write it. And then Andre has kind of taken the approach of he will only write about other people in his life insofar as their experience intersects with his experience, you know? So yeah. he's not going to write about somebody's experience that he wasn't a part of. Sure. He's not going to try to put himself into their story. Right. But if they're part of a scene or a story that he's telling, then they have to be in there in some way. Right. You know, one of the things that intrigued me, uh, because the theme of my show is Get the Funk Out, and I'm fascinated mm-hmm. with how people go through these ups and downs and crazy experiences and how they manage to get through it. And one of the things that I noticed, I was reading over some material that came with this book, is um, you mentioned um, that people share their experiences, their traumatic experiences, and what happens is they're revisiting these difficult life moments. It's extremely painful, yeah. but it's necessary. And I, I find that in order to get out of a funk, you have to face that pain and learn from that experience because it's a tremendous value in that. There is. I mean, I, I waited 20 years to look at this pain mm-hmm. and to look at this story head on. You know, I kind of had it packed away, but there was something about it that was pulling and pulling and pulling at me and saying, you know, pay closer attention. You need, you need to look at this more closely. And by doing that, I feel like I've come to a different place in who I am as a person. I've come to a different understanding of, you know, my the way I work in the world and within my family context. And it, and for me, it's been a very positive growth experience. It's been transformative in so many ways. And and I think that that was the thing in um, talking to the the memoirists and writing hard stories that became increasingly encouraging was they kept saying you know, you will feel something different at the end of this process. There is freedom in it. There is relief in it. And that, that to me was kind of like I kept grasping at that thread and saying, okay, I believe you, I believe you. This is so fascinating because it's, I feel like it's almost a dissertation. It, you know, you, you find these themes and discoveries. And what, what were some of the things that were like epiphanies for you as you were going through these different stories? Well, I think I, I think you're right in terms of the fact that it was so interesting to kind of find all of these, you know, common threads that each writer, 
you know, with no connection to each other, were talking about, you know. And, and so there were these moments of, you know, where a writer would talk about um, the fact that after, you know, I, I remember Sue William Silverman talking about her story. Um, it's called, because I remember Terror Father, I Remember You. And it's, it's a story of horrific abuse that she experienced from her father over her early life. And she talked about it as it now being contained in this book that she could kind of put on the shelf and then take off the shelf whenever she felt like it. And that somehow it wasn't like this thing she always had to be looking at. It was, it was something now that she could look at on her own terms. And another writer, um, Edvige Danticat, who wrote the story, um, Brother, I'm Dying, talked about her book as being like the most beautiful memorial she could have made to her father and her uncle. And, you know, and I just, some of those moments were really encouraging to me because it felt like that's, that's kind of what I want to do. It's, I want to create something. And that's why the subtitle of the book is Writers Who Shaped Art from Trauma Because it is about kind of shaping it into something that is beautiful. And the writer Richard Hoffman says you need to understand the word beautiful as not necessarily pretty, but that it's something beautiful that you have shaped, that you have created, that you can be proud of. And I think that listening to so many of them kind of say that in different ways, for me, was such, such pivotal um, advice and wisdom. I love this. So, unfortunately, we have to wrap, but where can people find out more about you? My website is melaniebrooks.com, okay. and you can go there and see some of the other writing that I've done, and my book is available um, at any of your independent booksellers as well as Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Are you on Twitter or Facebook? I am on, I'm on Twitter. My Twitter handle is um, Melanie J.M. Brooks, and I'm also on Facebook under my own name, and people can follow me on Facebook. So Perfect. Um, I would love to hear from, from your audience. Sounds great. Melanie, thank you so much for calling into the show. And did you get a lot of snow? <laughs> <laughs> it's melting, though. We had a beautiful day yesterday, so okay, it's good. melting. But I, thank you so much, Janine. Oh, I enjoyed this so much. I hope to talk to you again. I look forward to it. Thank Perfect. you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. That was Melanie Brooks calling in to talk about her book, Writing Hard Stories, Celebrated Memoirists Who Shaped Art from Trauma. We'll take a little break, and then we are talking to Dr. Oren Davis about positive psychology and Happify and all these great things. So if you want to find out about being a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. That's the hard part, spelling my name, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. I do want to mention that we are on Twitter at KUCI-FM, Instagram at KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, Facebook, KUCI 88.9. And if you missed any of today's guests, again, they are up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org.